well, I don't know. I think it's my dad. <laughs> you know, my dad's, yeah. my dad's a storyteller. He's a pretty funny guy. Oh, nice. <laughs> Spend a lot you of got time the big fish. Do you see that movie way back in the day? I don't know. Uh, well, it was, it's actually, I don't even like the movie, but it is about a dad <laughs> who tells wild stories. Um, oh, okay. I think the daughter is trying to like figure out like who his dad, who her dad actually is and accept the fact that he's just kind of dramatic about things. Um, but anyway. Yeah, that um, sounded familiar. <laughs> it's like one of those awkward first date questions where you're like, no, and you're like, oh, crap, where'd I go with this? Um, <laughs> now, let's go right into uh, the books. So are the books or resources, what resources do you recommend for other visionaries who are, you know, trying to get their vision out to the world? Yeah. Well, one that I thought of that most people don't think of, it's called The Timeless Way of Building. And it's by Christopher Alexander. And it it changed the way I think about things because I had gone, I was a ballet dancer, then I was an artist and graphic designer and and writer as well. So everything that I did was critiqued. A lot of stuff was based on your portfolio, what you look like in front of people. And this book was all about building for whoever you're building for. It's written actually for architects. And it kind of shifted because I think from school, it was so much about my portfolio. What am I presenting to people for all of those things that I mentioned, dance, art, graphic design. And yeah, that just kind of shifted where I read it early on and realized it's all about who I'm creating for. Yeah. Uh, like an example is like they built, the architects built a building and for a school and they put windows that looked really cool, but yeah. the sun came in right during the day, right during the time of class, and the, they couldn't read any of the writing on the chalkboard. Oh <laughs> so, no! So there's this innate and there's this innate way of us building things just within us, and like yeah, use that, but understand who you're building for, whatever yeah. you're building, whatever you're creating. That's one. You got two more. Are we ending on that one? <laughs> Well, I mean, the Bible, <laughs> we were talking before. There's number two. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I mean, that just like grounds me. I have some verses right here in front of oh, me nice. that just peek down at this to keep me focused. It just, uh, I read in the morning every day. I've been reading from the beginning, which has been totally different than what yeah. a lot of people do Bible roulette picking here and there. I'm reading from the beginning. It's been a totally different process. That's a, I'm in Exodus right now, and it is. It's hard, um, <laughs> but it's it is. That's a good one. What's your third? Yeah. Do you have a third resource you want to recommend? Uh, I can't think of one right now. <laughs> well, they're short, sweet, and simple. Then, yeah, we got two. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, we get those in the show notes, and we will be right back. We'll dive right back into your vision as soon as we're um, we're ready to go live with it. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Vision Pros, welcome in to another episode of Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business, 
let me adjust my microphone. You know what? It doesn't matter. I was just on an, on a podcast though. And, and that podcast, they have such a great studio set up and they were very meticulous about how they did things. And I'm really excited for Rodman Schley and his new podcast. He's got 116,000 followers on Facebook and he's built some very cool businesses. I love what he's up to with the podcast. Anyway, um, that said, I'm also a little bit sick. Um, I shouldn't say a little bit. I'm a lot of it sick. Bronchitis has been kicking my butt, but I still want to show up and spend time with you guys and the other people that are in my life because this is it's like fulfilling. You know, I got to meet Dr. Dorothy this morning, too. You know, I could have canceled these interviews, canceled these opportunities, but then I wouldn't feel nearly as good as I do. And if, even though I'm a little bit under the weather. So you got Barry Manilow on the mic today. Um, and I got Lori Dean here. We're going to be talking about a clear path to optimal health and how she helps naturopaths and others as a, a copywriter clarify what it is they're up to. So I'll bring her on in just a minute. I'm going to be fairly quick with the uh, sponsors today. Some of you can really celebrate that, by the way. Um, but we've got the Wellness Shop 365 with Sean Lechuga. I highly recommend checking out what he's up to with his 365 Will of Life and Melissa Gray with the Lost Spot, thelostspot.com. Both of them have episodes where they shared their visions with me. So if you do want to know more about them and what they're up to, then feel free to take a look at that. But we're like lifetime friends now. Um, and both of them uh, happen to be clients of First Class Business now as well. Um, but we rotate these sponsors out based on people we come across who we're actually very inspired by. I'm like, man, I really want to see this grow and succeed. So the Water Project is the other, the other opportunity we love to talk about. They're not a client of mine. I don't have any affiliation with the Water Project. I just like to give to it. And I like to talk about it because there are millions of people in the world who don't have access to water like I do. And I don't want to, uh, I don't want to forget the 8 billion people who have extreme necessities out there. So if you happen to know of a cause you'd rather see supported, then just drop a comment. Let us know what that cause looks like. I'll see what I can do to rock the mic and represent it. Um, if it's something that also aligns with the objectives that I want to help people with. Um, you never know. It might, it might be like a crowdfunding thing for a family member that you send our way. It might be, um, you know, the food project. I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. Um, but either way, we would love to make sure that uh, that all the people in the world that, that need help get it. And we have the ability to do that with these microphones sometimes. So Lori Dean, I'm going to bring her on stage. We're going to talk through her background and, and why she's helping naturopaths and her vision. And then we'll dive into her brand a little bit right after that. So, Lori Dean, welcome to Vision Pros Live. Hi, thank you, Jackson, for having me. I'm excited to dive into this. Absolutely. I'm glad you're here. Um, so let's talk first about the vision for those that you serve. Um, as we as I tee up for this question, um, there's a lot, there's a lot of dynamics to your background and how you've been able to help people design, uh, copywriting, um, and more. Tell us a little bit about the highlights of what we would be able to read on LinkedIn about you and how how you go about serving naturopaths and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. So the focus on copywriting is I think like one thing I realized throughout my career, I was working as a graphic designer for many years, but I would always write before designing and writing was always brought up while I was in school as well. So uh, as I was working with clients, uh, writing was what was shining. I realized that's what's getting results. And working with the health and wellness space is something I'm really called to because that that's kind of how I live my life. <laughs> so, so I'm tying it all together now and working with people who are like-minded, working with chiropractors, integrative medicine practices, and um, 
functional medicine as well, even uh, fitness trainers, anyone kind of helping in that space. I'm just really excited about helping the people they're helping because I, I'm just finding there's, I've gone through the medical system myself for certain ailments and getting medicated in my early 20s and then realizing I had to shift things and just change things with my diet and just want other people to find that information. I find there's so much information online. <laughs> like if you get a diagnosis and go online, there's just so much information and a lot of it's bad news. <laughs> so to actually help create for the health and wellness practitioners that are offering some alternative alternative practices and care and making it clear in a linear path for someone that's really in maybe some kind of health crisis at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and so what it reminds me of is I once saw this commercial when I was a kid. I think I was a, I think I was in late high school when I saw it. And this kid says, you know, his, his dad says, son, you know, don't you want to be a, you know, a doctor or an, I know the kid says, I want to be a teacher. Um, and his dad's like, what? Like, son, you're not gonna make any money doing that. Like you could be a doctor or an astronaut or, or you know, a lawyer. And the, you know, the, the son says, I want to be a teacher so I can educate more doctors. So we have more doctors go on their path. And the dad kind of like uh, takes the humble pill and is like, oh, cool. You know, he supports the son. I have no idea what the ad was for, but it had that profound impact on me. I was like, that's cool. That's a really good idea. Oh, yeah. What you're doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just thinking of that, I, I, I felt, I think it's the Colby test. I filled that out and everything of it put me in the middle. It seems like all of those, all those kind of things put me near the middle. I know that and feeling. One of the things it did say that I'm a bridge. <laughs> and that's why I think I can talk mm -hmm. to, I can talk to the medical professional and understand what they're talking about. And I understand the people that they're speaking to and I can kind of translate between the two. <laughs> so I definitely am that bridge. Uh, so just hearing that story made me kind of think of that. So, yeah, yeah. you are. I like that. The <laughs> yeah. bridge. That, that's, that's why you're in the middle because you're the yeah. bridge. That's funny. Yeah. I thought about that. Uh, well, that's cool. Well, let's dive into your vision for you. What's your personal vision? My personal vision? Uh, well, I mean, for for this, uh, what I'm doing, it, it is, is it more like that or personally what I'm looking for? Like, like uh, so my personal vision is I I work on bridging the economic gap between North America and South America. That's that's one of my personal visions. But I also, personal vision, am a, am a single father of four children, and I want to be the best dad I can for them. Um, so in your case, it can be personal. It can be professional. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I have so many visions. That's it's like, which one should we? Uh, I think just just to keep with this, I I'm just realizing just with my family and seeing people that have have not changed their health, and just seeing people in my family get certain diagnoses and and then again getting taken through the medical system. And from being in the marketing side of things, I realize they're almost in their they're almost in a sales funnel. <laughs> For the medical system they are 100 <laughs> percent. yeah not almost they are yeah. and and yeah it's it is just like i want to bridge that gap i want to get that information to the people that need it because i find there's so much of the system where when people follow the, 
the medical practice, the, the traditional medicine, they think they're doing the right thing. They go see the doctor, they get all the screenings and then they get a diagnosis. And sometimes they say, we can't help you anymore. Or it's such an extreme procedure that needs to be done when there's, there's alternatives. So I'd like to bring that to light to people because there's so many people that are just kind of pulled in that way. And I, I think a lot of it is all that information everywhere. So <laughs> my vision is long, <laughs> kind of went a little long, but I, I got it across. I really want to get that, get the information about the alternative practices that they can utilize to, to have well-being and thrive. Okay. Very good. Well, I'm, I'm happy that you bring it up because I'm one of those victims of the system, if you will. Um, right. I, I allowed yeah. myself to go through that, but I had a back surgery at 28 years old. Uh, I shouldn't have. I didn't, I didn't know I, I did what I needed to. I had good friends. I know the surgeon personally too. So it made sense to go through this. And, but I was the irresponsible adult who took, you know, I was in pain and I asked a surgeon, Hey, should I get the surgery or not? Well, what's he going to say? You know, like, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, like he, he's got liabilities if he says, you know, you're going to be fine. But two, he's not into alternative medicines. So he's not going to look at alternative medicines and just talk about those. And so after going through that and going through so many struggles with the recovery, right? And I'm talking to more and more chiropractors afterwards. They're like, oh my gosh, I wish you hadn't done that. Oh no, I wish you hadn't done that. He's like, I can't go back. I am where I am. Like, please help me where I'm at now. Yeah. You know? So I, I speak for the trees, if you will people who go through this experience you're talking about and i'm glad that that you're moving you're trying to solve that mm -hmm. so do you want to talk further about that before we go into the question about the worst leadership experience ever um because i'd <laughs> love to give you time to just again talk about how how do we go about clearing the path for optimal health and helping people make better decisions yeah and yeah clearing the path was like a part of the the vision that i I've thought of too, because it's, I'm helping write sales funnels in particular, and those, those take people on a path and having information on those sales funnels, it is just creates a clear path, making the, making complex wellness topics easier to understand. And so that's kind of the short version of it. Awesome. So let's dive into the worst leadership experience you've ever ever done or ever had uh i'm thinking of a uh, boss <laughs> the last job i was at it actually uh led to me being an entrepreneur i mean i think i was always on that path i always thought of myself working for myself but uh it's almost like a, a blessing in disguise god pushing me into <laughs> entrepreneurialism because everyone around me then at that at that time was saying hey, you should start a business like and yeah, I had a boss that was just, uh, she had no expertise in the type of work I was doing and would just come in yelling, <laughs> like, change this, change that, do this. And uh, I tried to explain why I do the things I do. And it's interesting that I, I had this awesome boss that hired me. And a month later, she left <laughs> and this new woman came in and yeah, it ended up being just a horrible experience for her being a leader, not, not really, you know, not, I don't know, just, yeah, coming in yelling, telling someone to do, not having any idea not of 
what you're doing. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of leadership out there like that. Um, you know, and, and part of it is, is the organization that puts an inadequate leader mm -hmm. in the role. Um, right. And part of it is the maturity to maturity to not take leadership on when you're not in that. Like I, I was imagining while you're talking about that, somebody coming into a bathroom and being like, let's go. You need to come back to work. And you're like, I need to wash my hands. Um, you know, and they're like, go to work, go to work, go do it now. And you're like, I haven't even pulled my pants up. Um, you know, and it's, it's like, that's that leadership style in copywriting and in digital marketing is so common. And so you have all these horrible landing pages out there and half written, half baked copy exercises that were published because of a yes man mentality and a, a control based, you know, approach to marketing that it, it is fresh. It's confusing. It's like, okay, who's at fault? More importantly, how do we fix this? You know, and, and how do we, how do we create clarity um, with that type of chaos and confusion? So you, you chose to go the entrepreneurship route to <laughs> yeah. fix it. You're like, well, I'm just going to start my own thing. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you'd like to add as far as how do we inspire leaders to not oh, yeah, sure. people away? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think through that experience, it helped me become a better leader, especially leading people they are doing like now I, I hire designers to work for me and developers and, and, knowing what it's like being on that side and talking to them. I think one of the big things I realized is not only just telling someone what to do and the steps that need to be taken, but explain why, especially if there's some changes to explain why you're, why you want these changes made. And uh, actually got a, a great compliment from one of the developers that was working with me that said I was the best boss you ever had. And I'm like, I didn't even think of myself as a boss, you know, like right. boss. Okay. But yeah, it was a really, really great helping too. Like uh, the the developer in particular was kind of starting out and and mentoring him along. Nice. Really Where is he from? He's actually from the Philippines, but a friend, nice. a friend of a friend, <laughs> like too, because she worked. I I became friends with someone that worked for uh, a coach that I was working with, and then it, she suggested him, and so I think yeah, she. She recommended some of her family members too. So they're just uh, really great people. That's awesome. And that's, that is, that is cool. I want to highlight that for those of you entrepreneurs who are out there like, oh my gosh, or, or young visionaries who are like, oh, the word boss, um, she must be controlled. No, every culture <laughs> is very, very different. Uh, the Latino culture, the ones that I work with, at least they love to use the word boss. Um, and have the same negative connotation that people use it in America. And I don't, I don't like to have the title of boss um, because of where I grew up. And it's like, no, you don't want to be the boss. Um, you know, there's a lot of control factors there. But same thing with, with the Philippines. Uh, everybody from our different cultural backgrounds and our associations with these words, we have different feelings with them. And so I think that's one of the greatest honors is him saying that to you. It's like yeah. he legitimately feels a lot of respect for how you were leading him. That's cool. Yeah. So let's talk about your best leadership experience. So what, what does that look like? What's a story that is just like out of the three, like, man, I love how this went. Oh uh, yeah. And just, it's taking me way back <laughs> to the, the first graphic design position I had out of school. And I, I had a boss that was just, uh, just really great. He just cared about everyone in the department, was a funny guy you know, too. So kept things entertaining, uh, but just easy to go to and talk to him about things. And like, 
I had my experiences when I had to go ask for raises and things like that and felt comfortable talking to him. So, um, yeah. Awesome. So, uh, well, thank you for that. That's, I, I like that you mentioned funny. Um, <laughs> that's com comparing one of my bosses, um, leaders, Jake Larson of video power marketing. It's hilarious. Super funny. Um, that's not my core. Like I'm not, I'm not good at being funny, but as a, as a leader for my organization, it's important for me to be able to facilitate and, and cultivate an environment where people can appreciate having fun, uh, being funny. And it, when we do that, it creates, again, it creates good feelings where people want to belong and, and have an opportunity. Not everybody's as touchy feely. Like I'm just like, just come on and hug me all day and I'm good. You know, like that's, that's it. I just like to, I like peace. Um, but um, how do you, uh, how important do you think fun is in a culture of a health company? Yeah, it's funny. I was just kind of thinking about this because people have said I have, it can be funny. <laughs> like I don't even, it's just how I am. So, hmm. but getting that into some of my writing was mentioned, like to get my personality out. So yeah, um, I don't know, like one more chance. <laughs> I just feel like, yeah. What does that add to the? I just ask a question again. I kind of went a little. Oh no, uh, you're good. That's even better. Um, we're talking about how important <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. is like fun and being how fun. Funny. How important it is. Pat Adams, you know, like I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. You know what I think about? Just I mean, it may not be what you're thinking with this question, but I just think it helps to kind of relieve some tension in things and that particularly for the health and wellness space any and there's serious things they're talking about there so some way to kind of cope with things I, I feel like just laughing about making some kind of joke being light with things is definitely helpful I know I laugh a lot so that helps because I'm laughing while talking right now <laughs> so I'll try to pick it up I'll try to catch on it's it's that's <laughs> and I have I'm kind of serious about it. Like I didn't know how to do that years ago. I wouldn't have been able to. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't part of my nature. It was very it was an uncomfortable uh, reality driven by a little bit of uh, or a lot of bit of self doubt and insecurities. But when we can mm -hmm. when we can find that right that ability to belong and and goof off while being professional, yeah. like yeah, that's what I'm all about these days. Yeah, that's why I think I'm kind of like, I don't know how to fit in with the professionals. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm figuring it out myself. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I could laugh better. My voice is gone. This oh, is yeah, you might start coughing. <laughs> I might, too. too I'm like, I'm like really paying attention to my breathing work while we're doing these episodes. Yeah. Like, yeah, bronchitis and podcasting. Those are not the two best things to combine. But nonetheless, here we are. So, all right, let's dive into super serious now um oh. if this was your last chance to give advice to a visionary or to share a lesson that you've learned from your own experience what would that power lesson be and i think really it's about listening and understanding people and taking the time to listen and understand for anything you're kind of going back to when i talked about that book it we really need to understand our audience and who we're talking to, especially with the health and wellness topics in particular, to think about not only who they are, but what they're dealing with at the time that they first seek out alternative care. And they could be in some major health crisis at the moment. And I found talking to those practitioners that 
that's usually the case. I thought possibly there'd be a higher percentage that were just kind of looking for optimal health. Maybe they were some type of athlete or something like that. Everybody's had something that brought them to alternative care. And it's typically not a good experience. Either it's a bad diagnosis. Yeah. I think for me, a lot was seeing family members uh, die when I was very young, like my great grandma, I mean, my step grandma, my step grandmother uh, gained diagnosis with too. lung cancer. She's great too. Yes, <laughs> she was the most. Yeah, this. Uh, so yeah, she. I just remember, like, it's so clear to me seeing her when she was really sick, and I've never seen her sick, and she was coughing, and uh, then she had lung cancer, and then we were there at the hospital every day through the process. So I saw this whole process at nine years old. So I definitely never wanted to smoke. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so that'll that'll do it. Yeah, um, so, uh, the lesson is don't <laughs> smoke. The lesson is don't um, smoke as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of and um no and of <clears throat> sorry now I'm now I'm all yeah I'm knowing the audience was the lesson but then it went in. <laughs> oh, it's good though. But listening and listening to listening to understand those are two different mm -hmm. levels of skill sets. Um, I learned that from a from a family therapist when I was facing my first divorce. Um, you know, not exactly the circumstance you want to be in when you finally start paying attention to listening to new levels. But I had never heard anybody share the third level before. And I've read a lot of psychology stuff. It's not like I didn't try, um, but you can you can react at people. You can listen to somebody yeah. and respond, you know, like I'm doing right now. Or you can listen to understand where you, you dive deeper and you ask, like, what does that mean? How does that how does that work? And that level of listening um, is is what I've seen when I when I've seen the the most successful people I've seen in my life defining success as the the most abundant individuals. They're they're incredible listeners. They ask such good questions. What have you seen? Yeah, <laughs> like I, I I just was thinking about the change for me and just because I felt like I was talking a lot when I was younger and I would do that kind of listening to think, how am I going to react to the next thing that they're going to say? <laughs> so it, it was, it was kind of early on. I did this kind of exercise to really listen. And then as I went through my business, it was different too, where I started asking more questions and listening instead of, so my, my concern, my, preparation more it was for a call was to write the questions I was going to ask not not thinking about a pitch so I had to work on that pitch later because <laughs> I do there are networking in different events where I needed the pitch and I often was would just say something like I'm a graphic designer <laughs> the elevator pitch practice with. yeah <laughs> but yeah so I had to balance that out too but definitely asking the asking questions asking the right questions then yeah, that listening to understand and really get a deeper understanding as well. Um, I love that you said that, you know, you were listening, you know, like to, to react. That's something that we do with comedy, right? If we want to be funny, anticipating what person's going to say, um, you know, what they're thinking ahead of time. Like that's one of the most trippy forms of, of, of why comedy matters and why it's so impactful is when you can pre like lead people to what they're thinking before they get there. 
Um, like it's, it's amazing what can happen. I'm not, a, I'm not a coach for comedy, by the way. So I'm not going to put that eloquently. Um, <laughs> but that, that is one of those realities. And then two, when we can, I loved that's, that was my like list. Like I knew I was a champion listener because, and I knew I knew people well, cause I could predict what they were going to say. And I would say it before them. Uh, yeah. Ego driven, like that's an ego driven approach to listening. We're not actually listening. We're just trying to show off. Um, so when I learned to, to start, like realize, when I finally realized how toxic that was, I was like, oh, okay. Like I, I need to, I need to take a step back and really appreciate where people are, are going with, with what they want to do. Otherwise I'll never really connect with people on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. This is, this is like my repentance uh show today of all the things that can do better um <laughs> all right we're gonna go into making complex wellness topics easy to understand for meaningful engagement um so how do you do that how do you make complex topics easy to understand lori <laughs> it, it, it all goes back to the listening and to i'm sorry to repeat the same thing again but that's all that's it's really the big part of it is um it's a lot of observation and I feel like that's something that I it's just listening to people wherever I'm at as well uh, and I feel like everything that I've always done like if you think of art thinking of art people always think it's the skill of drawing but it's really learning to see so mm. uh, I feel like it's with words it's learning <laughs> learning to hear and then repeating in some ways uh, words that someone says like if you're if i'm writing for an audience i can read their reviews watch the videos that they made from like their top clients uh, have a survey do a survey if they don't have that information and get that information and use that so i'm speaking following kind of the nuances of what their desires are but as far as making it more easy to understand it's also knowing them knowing uh, knowing where they're at also thinking about when they're reading something emails typically have a lower attention span so thinking of that and your audience and maybe you know if they're they're kind of rushing and say they're a mom and they have lots of things going on and so i want to get that information to kind of pull them in quickly and so they understand what this is about so they keep reading and then take them through that journey and yeah for me it is listening to that the single medical professional, the alternative care practitioner, getting all those details that are very technical and then thinking of the desires of their clients and bringing it together in words. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> awesome. So this, uh, this concept of, of listening part of, part of the exercises to become a better listener that I found is to, is to learn to be intentional with what I say, um, as or with what I do. And you mentioned it, you mentioned email and it being a less effective form of communication in many ways. Um, and it can be this conversations farm. I can hear you. I can see you. Uh, I, I can sense your vibe and your tone and your cadence. I don't have access to that when I'm trying to communicate with somebody via email. So it's like, you know, you could propose to somebody to marry them through email. Good luck. I don't know if anybody, I, there's gotta be somebody out there who's accepted a marriage proposal via email, right? But I don't think that's the most effective <laughs> way to, to go about that. No. So knowing the medium is big. 
Um, let's take a look at your website. This this is your website, right? Labea Creative. Yeah, this is uh, my website. This is a business I started in 2007. And then uh, I have one specifically I made to for health and wellness, lauriemdean.com as well. Perfect. We're going to pull that up as well. I've, I've <laughs> also got one for lead infuser. Um, <laughs> yeah, that one. That one. Uh, yeah, I was going to talk a little bit about that. Just thinking of the vision and talking about and lead infuser. I was talking a lot about AI and automation and realized through my own journey that it's more about the words what I was writing. Oh, there's my son on there. <laughs> nice. Awesome. He's fine well, now. You may hear him way. in the background. <laughs> so. Awesome. Well, we we here, we I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's fam family first. You know, that's yeah. that's my feeling. Um, anyway, I know some other podcasters might freak out about that, but yeah, no that's why we are at this time. I think hey, we had to go at a unique time for you. you know? That's the best. So it's, uh, let me get it, Lori M. Dean. Yes. Dot com. Yes. Okay. I want to make sure I grab the right one um, for for that. And uh, <clears throat> let's take a look. While, you're, while I'm pulling that up, again, feel free to tell us about how, how does it work to work with you? Um, you know, what's it, what can I anticipate? Let me uh, steal the screen from Cynthia a little bit. Go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, as far as working with me, I do a first I do a free consultation to um, get to kind of get acquainted with each other, especially if it's the first time they encountered me and never talked to me before. I like to keep it pretty casual, 30 minute conversation. Of course, like I mentioned, I ask lots of questions, learn about them, why they started their business and um why they contacted me today why what's going on in their business world right now that they wanted help so um so that's kind of the start to work with me and then from there uh, we determine if uh, there's a possibility that they could go to a paid consultation if they if they really need help with strategy so i'll help with the content strategy as well and uh, one thing i do is help with the email content. So those can be like mini courses in disguise. I <laughs> see this scrolling by and thinking about that. Uh, so the, I help with the whole process too, of uh, writing a sales funnel. Uh, if they don't have any kind of incent, helping them determine what kind of incentives that would help them uh, get people to opt in. And then, and then from there, sending out those emails that, continue engagement. And I feel like, especially with the health and wellness, it's, um, this may be something that someone never thought about until they have a health crisis of some sort, uh, in particular, met someone, uh, I met someone for, to help his business, uh, not in the health and wellness realm, but ended up, he mentioned to me that, I don't know how we got on this. It just seemed like, uh, we were drawn together for other reasons. Cause we ended up in this whole conversation about how his, his wife got diagnosis with cancer that they said they couldn't treat. And he's just like, I'm not accepting that and did all the research. And for them, they found uh, alkaline water and gained these kind of purifiers. And then they changed all their diet as well. And they did this all themselves, just, just researching all of this and totally changed their lives around. And she's, she's healthy and doing well. And she went from a diagnosis where they said, you're, you're not going to make it. There's nothing else we can do. 
to thriving. So it's this hearing those stories is like that was when I was <laughs> considering really working with health and wellness because it's so it's something I'm really passionate about for myself and my family. And then to kind of run into someone not planned, <laughs> we had this whole conversation about uh, his story. It was interesting. He's telling the story and I hear his wife in the background. So it was very touching too. It was just like hearing her because it, it sounded like it was going to be a, like it wasn't going to go well. You know, it was, I'm oh. sure the way the story started, you know, you're kind of listening like, Oh no! Is right, this right. And and then I hear, oh, <laughs> she's kind of chiming in. It was really, a really a neat story. And so, yeah, he even isn't now in the health and wellness space and helping other people change their change their lives around like they did. So it's really amazing to hear those stories, and it's kind of motivates me to keep going with this. Yeah, definitely. I. I like that you chose the words <clears throat> empathy, a blend of empathy, innovation, and conversion-focused marketing. Um, those are very intentional uh, adjectives, so or purposes. W why those? What What do you see that other people may be missing? Well, it's it's actually I thought about the innovation. I'm always keeping up on everything that's going <laughs> technology-wise and. And uh, just business trends and things like that, and uh, it's something that clients would mention to me. You're very innovative, so I'm thinking. I always kind of seeing the big picture, thinking outside of the box, thinking of a different way to do things. Uh, so that's why I brought that in. It's kind of a way I work and think and do things. <laughs> so, and empathy, like it's just how I am. I can really feel what it's like to be in another person's place. Even if I haven't experienced it exactly, I can, I can really un understand somehow. It's just something that I'm, I'm able to do. I don't know how or why is this one of those gifts I've been given by God? Yes. So, so using that as well and bringing it into my work and what did we have creativity? Uh, was it creativity innovation? Yeah, the innovation and conversion centric. <laughs> conversion. Oh, yes. Conversion. Yeah. Because everything I'm writing is action oriented. Like, let's get them to take some action. So it's uh, getting, sparking the curiosity, increasing engagement, and then conversion uh, to sign up for whatever we're offering. If it's a product or service, book an appointment, if it's a practitioner and um, get help them on their wellness journey to optimal health. That's awesome. That's uh, and those are those are three virtues or uh, holistic opportunities for improving copy. And those certainly aren't the limits, um, right? We we like I said, I'm not a funny guy first, but I, I can find my dad jokes and my humor when I want it, um, you know, yeah. and and we have what we gravitate towards, but we also and also is reflective of, of your desire to understand what your audience needs. So um, what are some of the hiring mistakes that entrepreneurs, visionaries are making in this regard? Because uh, again, I, well, and here's why we focus on this vision pros, 96% of businesses fail within 10 years. Um, I'm an optimistic realist. Um, I believe that we have the ability to overcome that, but there's 4% of businesses that are not succeeding. 4% are surviving the 10 year mark. 
um, we've got to make adjustments. We've got to be willing to accept, okay, I don't necessarily know everything. So now that we have Lori Dean here, Lori, what, what mistakes can an entrepreneur make when they're hiring somebody to manage their copy, improve their funnels, drive conversions or not? Hmm, I can see. So actually hiring a copywriter and that I can see just kind of hiring one person to do one small task and then not, they may think they need something like this happened early on in my career too, as a designer and, and doing any marketing where I'd have people come to me. Uh, I need a brochure. I need a business card. I need this. So they need the, they think they need this one thing yeah. and not looking at the big picture and what it does. So I would always ask, well, why do you need this brochure? And, and sometimes we'd uncover, you don't need a brochure. <laughs> so, yes. so I always thought like, I'm this young designer that you should be trying to sell a brochure because I can design it for them. But I was just like, I, I just can't do this. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't design something for you that you totally don't need. It's not going not gonna to help you in any way. So, so, but then I offer something else. Yes. Of what, what do you actually need and help them with that and help them with that strategy. So that's just something I've just noticed kind of, trying they think they need whatever it is whatever the thing is that is out there and uh, it may sound elementary visionaries yeah. but i'm telling you right now 99.9 percent .9 of you are making that exact same mistake you're not chief marketing officers you're not chief financial officers you're not chief you know operations officers you're great at whatever it is you do and i wasn't either Right. And when before I learned how to become a chief marketing officer and a chief executive officer until I had studied enough behaviors, been behind the scenes, helping enough people on those realities. Like, you know, I don't care how many times I've watched a heart surgery either. That does not make me a heart surgeon. And when we can learn to get out of our own ways by saying, hey, Lori, I think I need a brochure. Um, you know, what would you do? Uh, you're you're going to end up in a, in a better place than if you just try to tackle that on your own and, and command somebody to, to build assets for you when you don't have the whole strategy process figured out behind it. So I'm a little bit more direct and a little bit more, uh, you know, I, I turn a lot of clients down. We, if they don't have the infrastructure um, behind them, then they got to go. We send them to a two hour webinar. <laughs> so you can watch the two hour webinar. Like it's, it's a free gift for you. Go do it. Um, but a lot of people won't and that's okay. I, I want yes. people to win. I don't want people to keep losing. So I'm glad that you you do turn certain projects down. It's very, very good advice. Anything you'd like to add before we wrap up today? Hmm. <laughs> I feel like we, we covered so many different things. We, I feel like I traveled around through my entire journey of graphic design to copywriting. Um, I guess like too, just thinking about business owners, uh, I, I end up talking to a lot of people starting agencies that are like they i just talked to someone today in particular i'm thinking of and uh i think one thing we can do do as business owners is want to do everything and yeah that's what i really realized okay what i through prayer it's been what is my god-given talent and everything came came through writing so for for me that's where I really realized it's for just hone in on that. And because I would see all the other things that some people need and I can refer them to the specialist or 
bring that together through a team and hire the specialist to do all the things. But Absolutely. Uh, visionaries, what Lori's also going through, I go through it every day. Those who have started to make their mark on the world, that you're producing results. What's going to happen is you're going to have a whole bunch of companies, agencies, et cetera, approach you to do business with you. Um, you know, and you're going to yeah. get pitched wildly. And if, if you're not used to that, it's also a very, like, I hear a lot of professionals say like, oh my gosh, I hate the amount of people that are spamming me. And I'm like, welcome to success. Like, that's, that's what happens. Uh, you do think Tony, I think people leave Tony Robbins alone. No, Tony Robbins gets spam times 1000 of, of most of us. And he has systems and filters to help him sort through those opportunities so that he kids in on the right people to work with. I'm going to, I'm going to give a small gift in honor of what Lori uh, was explaining and Lori, feel free to, to use this yourself if you'd like. Um, this is our vendor reply. Um, and this is something that Ange manages my inbox now. And it says, Hey, great to meet you. I'm Ange. And this, we send this reply to all of those horrific spam messages that we get in addition to the pretty good providers, but we want to honor them. They're human beings that are just trying to do something. So we actually, she invites them to be, uh, to apply to be on the show. Um, we wouldn't host anybody who's not like, who doesn't have a legitimately, uh, holistic vision. And we always ask them for three things. What's your entry level pricing? Give me three case studies and three references. And we look forward to hearing from you and seeing you on the show. Good luck. Right. We're not, we're not letting people just move forward with us, um, you know, blindly and 99%, I would say, I would say 96% of people who receive that email they go away. They have no references. They have no real case studies. And they're offended that we asked for entry level pricing, which means they're not good at leadership conversations. We didn't ask them because we want to invest in their, their small thing. Um, we asked to see how they'd react or to see if they'd have the skills of listening to understand. And we, we bring people back to the, the humane conversation of let's get to know each other, human being to human being. So I hope that helps you, Lori. I hope that helps everybody who's listening. Uh, okay. have, have a plan. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to hear it. Oh, I was just saying thank you. <laughs> thank you. That was helpful. Uh, and a nice way to, to talk, just to communicate with people. And um, yeah, just as thinking about the, the person that came to me, what, what I've had happen is they see, my businesses and they they're actually reaching out to me to help them with their new agency so that's that's been a different nice. thing that's occurring and that's what um the conversation today kind of led with the, sometimes they want to partner with me in some way and so yeah. not as much the the spam <laughs> what we call spam possibly reaching out you don't get spam I do. Yeah, I do. But that, that wasn't what I was referring to. With right. The There's, levels. There's but, levels. Of this. But yeah, it's one thing that I do find just talking about that is because I help write email campaigns is making sure you know who you're writing to uh, and the message is relevant to them. Because one thing that I do get is from agencies, they'll, they'll write me to promote exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> so they obviously didn't research my business in any way. So it, it's kind of just interesting. <laughs> it's a nice way to say it, just to see this. Uh, it, could, it could almost sound word for word for what I'm offering. And uh, yeah, 
So there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of ways to look at it though. Um, so if I see somebody putting sticks in a fire and I decide to come add a stick to the fire, I'm not necessarily, you know, it depends. Like, do they want me to help with their fire or not? That's up to them. But just because we're doing the same thing, um, if we decide, Hey, you do what I do and we're both doing the same type of thing. Maybe we should form a family. Maybe we should, yeah. you know, create that sense of belonging. But there's other times where you're like, no, like I got stranger danger. You know, I got to be careful with those types of individuals. But to, to get to your point though, the, the watered down nature of automation and outreach and what's happening, the pen is mightier than the sword. And if you're wielding the pen of automation, then you might consider, uh, taking a step back, finding some mentors to talk to who can help you refine your approach to influence and to drive attraction for your company. So so I'm always excited to talk to the Lori Deans of the world and see you know, what else can I do to refine my approach with helping people. And you've done that today. So I appreciate you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Jackson. Absolutely. Vision Pros, if you have a vision to share, uh, in the top right corner, you'll see a button that says Be Our Guest. We'd love to have you uh, as a guest come come in and, and share your vision with us. If it's holistic, if it's helping others, that's what we're really looking for. And we'll also have on the landing page links to connect with Lori and to see what she's up to. We'll make sure the right websites are on. She's got that Richard Branson effect with like three, four going into 250 million companies. Um, but we'll have the right ones on there so that you can connect with her. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Everybody have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent time building out your vision.